Welcome to Doug's Interesting People. I'm your host, Doug Wick, with engineer Tom Buecher. I've compiled these interviews wherever and whenever I meet an interesting person. Let's get started. We're talking with Sonia. Uh, Sonia is a medical doctor. And um, my first question to her is where you were born and raised and your family. So I was born in uh, Lower Bucks Hospital in Bristol, Pennsylvania. And I spent my entire life in Bucks County. I went to Chamonix School District High School. Um, and my, I'm the youngest of uh, three siblings. Um, my parents were young, married very young. My mom was 16. My dad was five years older than her. That's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, my my sister is is uh, eight years older than me, my oldest, and but we're very close. And my mm-hmm. brother's five years older than me. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't planned, mm-hmm. but I'm happy to be here. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. Um, so you went to Neshaminy High School. That's a local school here in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And the, I th- you said siblings, so just... Two girls. A a brother and a sister. I'm sorry, a brother and a sister. Okay. Um, So, uh, growing up, and if you could think back when you were developing your interests and people were telling you, what do you want to be when you grow up? Uh, So, what did you kind of study and what were you thinking back then? And then up through your work life now. So when I was uh, very young, I always kind of wanted to be um, a, a lawyer or a doctor and, and drive a fancy car. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I got sick when I was nine. I had a blood disorder where my, um, I was an autoimmune disorder where my platelets were being attacked by my antibodies. Mm-hmm. I had antibodies. And was there a name for it's, that? It's, I, it's ITP. It's idiopathic thrombocytopenic purpura. Idiopathic means unknown, but usually it's a uh-huh. reaction between either a virus or a vaccine. Okay. that causes your body to react the platelets in the same way. There's some kind of recognition between the virus or the vaccine and your platelets. Hmm. It's like a cross-reaction. It attacks your platelets. Is that something that you just develop because you're the makeup of your It's probably partially, gene- or? Probably partially genetic. Yeah. Um, like a genetic predisposition. Yeah. Okay. And then it's and just like it's, you know, happenstance. It just, you know, whatever virus I had. I think I had a yeah. virus. And, but I had like little hemorrhages all over. My mom had no idea what it was. How old were you then? Nine. I woke up one morning and I had hemorrhages all over my arms, little petechiae, the little dots. And um, I got my blood tested and they said, you know, all, my blood was out of whack. My platelets were yeah. very low. They put me on steroids. Platelets went up. And then I doctored at CHOP for years until I was 11. Now, I had a very atypical course because it usually is self-limited like for six months or so. Mm-hmm. Mine lasted mm-hmm. a long time. Now, it's a genetic predisposition, I think, in my family because Isabella yeah. had it when she was 19. Uh, but hers was very limited, like it's supposed to be. Bella's but I was, old now? She's, 20, she's 26. Okay. But um, they thought I had leukemia. I had to have bone marrow. So, anyway. So, oh, eventually, wow. event, I was at top every week, getting my blood tested, on and off steroids, platelet counts of almost zero, where I had the, you have a spontaneous bleed, yeah. like in your brain. So were you, I, fr- were you frightened? Or oh, were yeah. You, yeah. I was terrified I was going to die. Yeah. Okay. I was always terrified that I was going to die because yeah. Yeah. I, well, I was worried that I had, I mean, there was kids when I was growing up. I mean, leukemia was a death sentence. Yes. And there were kids that I knew, several kids that had 
gotten leukemia and died mm-hmm. between mm-hmm. school and church. And um, so the doctor that I finally, the, the final doctor I went to who, mm-hmm. uh, he was a nat- naturopath, which means he mm-hmm. was an MD, PhD, and he was very um, well-schooled in uh, pharmacology. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. he understood the human body and all of the chemical interactions in the body and elements and vitamins and how everything, like things that were lacking. So I went to him. My mom found out about him by accident. We were at a um, vitamin store. My dad was always much, very much into health and wellness. Mm-hmm. And we were at a vitamin store. And the woman who was working there overheard my mother talking about like, you know, they wanted to take my spleen out at CHOP. There was a lot, you know, it's the final, the final thing. And my mom's like, I don't want that to happen. What mm-hmm. can we do? And my mom asked the woman if there were any supplements I could take. And she goes, she says, I don't really know, but I do know a doctor that could help you. Mm-hmm. So she said, you write him a letter and you tell him your story and he'll either take your case or he won't. Mm-hmm. So we wrote, his, uh, his name was Dr. Pfeiffer. Where was he located? Princeton Brain Bio Center. Okay. And um, so I went to him and within... The first after the first visit, my plate started going up. But he did a hair analysis, a urinalysis. Mm-hmm. I was probably taking like thirty vitamins. I had to eat only on like iron skillets. He wanted me to eat two eggs a day, and this is back when the eggs were like, oh no, you can't eat eggs. You mm-hmm. know, back at that era. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I he put me on uh, no white, nothing white, no white sugar, no white flour. Mm-hmm. So it was all about like you know the diet and supplements. And my platelet count was eventually normal, and I still have these antibodies floating around in my blood. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And but that that doctor inspired me to go into medicine, yeah. and um, he hmm. was wonderful. Like all through um, middle school and high school, he used to send yeah. me journals, uh, science articles that he thought That's I'd be neat. interested in. Is I he still up, doing the kind? Of he passed away. Okay. He was old yeah. when I went to him. Yeah. Yeah. So he passed away at eighty-five. He died at his desk. Oh, at work. did he? Mm-hmm. Oh. Heart attack, and he had a heart attack in his thirties. And that's what yeah. inspired him to do um, naturopathic sure, sure. medicine. And he, you know, he, he used to grow yeah. wheat out in the, they owned a lot of land at this um, clinic that he, mm-hmm. where he treated many patients. He mm-hmm. treated patients with MS, schizophrenia, hmm. all kinds of things, very okay. natural. And he has I have several of his books. Is there still a, some kind of a practice that goes on as yeah, his it's, legacy? It's the Princeton Brain and Bio mm-hmm. Center. Yeah. It's still there. Oh, so, um, but I worked, I worked there for yeah. two summers Right. and, um, he, unfortunately, so I went to Penn state. Um, I was the first person in my family to go to college That's and I, stu- I studied pre-medicine because mm-hmm. yes. I was very determined to go into medicine and Dr. Pfeiffer was very much supportive and behind yeah. that. He, I worked in his lab for two summers. Yeah. Um, but he had, none of his children chose to go into medicine. So, oh, so he, <laughs> he's like, yeah. you were his yes. legacy. So I wanted yeah. to stay local. Um, I did. I did very well at Penn State. I, I, I had a good life too there. I went to the Penn State football games. I, um, you know, I was very. Was organic chemistry the hard, took, one, the I tough one a, back yes, then? That was a great class. I ended up really did liking it. Did you do it. well? My hardest mm-hmm. class was probably, um, I think, the calculus that I had to take freshman year. Oh, okay. And then physical chemistry, because I was more okay. I'm like a life sciences person. Yeah, so, and I guess I, you, it, there's a bit, there's a difference. You can be a, a quantitative, exacting, yeah. Uh, there's physical science. Detail there's thing. Like, I like and, the life sciences. And, yeah, yeah. So, so I did well. So you pre med at Penn State. Yep, pre med. I yeah. graduated. I ended up having to graduate with microbiology because most of my electives were in microbiology, which is like your virologies and all of the studies of bacteria and the immune mm-hmm. system and all that. 
because I did not want to take, uh, I didn't want to take physical chemistry my senior year. Okay. And they said, well, if you don't want to take that, you got to change your major. So I, they said you can Is do that. Like, that's kind of a brutal uh, study. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. That's what I heard. So I, um, so I graduated. I did well, and I was applying for medical school. And I only applied. I, I was very limited because I wanted to live at home and save money. Okay. My parents helped me pay for college, but they could not afford to help me pay for medical. Was school. this Levittown still? Yeah. Still? Well, yeah. Or? My Forsythia Gate. Yeah, we were living in Forsythia yep, Gate. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So um, I had. To, I was on my own for paying for medical school, so I was living on loans. Wow, so. Yeah. I lived at home with my mother, so my parents had gotten separated okay. when I was going to medical school, mm-hmm. and my mom ended up buying a condo in Northeast Philly. Mm-hmm. So I got mm-hmm. into Temple Medical School, mm-hmm. and I ended up carpooling with some guy who reached out to me that was from Penn State. I didn't know. I always sat in the front row. <laughs> I didn't know I had bad eyes. <laughs> so I always sat in the front yeah. row to help yeah. my eyes, and he's like, oh yeah, you're in my, like four of my classes. I'm like, I never saw you in my life. <laughs> So I ended up carpooling with him, which for safety reasons was nice. Yeah. And um, so, and that, and I, so I went to Temple, and um, I, I enjoyed Temple Medical School um, a lot. I learned a lot there because it's a it's a great place uh, because you have primary care and they have. <laughs> sorry. They have well, a, Temple Temple is located in Philadelphia. And Philadelphia is a b- big medical hub of the for the Philadelphia, country. There's a lot of competition. Yes, and yeah. the reason why I think Temple was so great, even though it's not in the greatest neighborhood, was because people use it as a primary care facility. Yeah, and then it's a tertiary care, and, and um, even further than that, like they do lung transplants. Yeah, um, so you get such a great experience. You learn everything yeah. from yeah. every part of medicine, and I stayed there for my residency as well. And I chose radiology. I wasn't certain as to what I... I like radiology because you're a doctor's doctor because you're a consultant. Like, they come to you to find out what's wrong with your patient. Sure. And they mm-hmm. expect you to know... And we did. We had to know everything about everything. Yes. And we had to know it well. Yes. Um, our boards are very, very difficult in radiology. You have to pass mm-hmm. your boards before. Like, unlike surgery where you take your boards after you start practicing. Radiology is one that. of the only practice um, specialties yeah. that you take your board. You have to pass mm-hmm. your boards. Yeah. So we have oral boards after the written boards, and the written boards half of it's yeah. physics. <laughs> okay. It's all the physics of radiation after and magnets. The physical sciences. So. Just yeah. yeah. So so you take your oral yeah. boards, and then you have to pass those to take the the. I'm sorry. You take the the um, written boards, yeah. pass those, and then you can take the oral boards when you're finished your residency before okay. you start practice. I got you. And then a lot of people do fellowships. So yeah. I chose radiology for multiple, not only because you're a doctor's doctor, but also for the lifestyle because I, I knew I always wanted to have children. Yes. Oh, yeah. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I, um, so that's it. So it was four years of medical school after college. And yeah. then, it, then it was five years of residency. I know. You guys are all approaching what thirty when you finally yeah you're thirty when get you're out done. and get going if yeah. you followed the I mean you get paid in residency but it's not yeah. you know yeah well that's interesting and uh, did you ever have a point when you you thought jeez uh, why why didn't I do this why am I doing this or you were always driven and you knew what you wanted to do yeah I never thought of like, I mean before there was a time in college mm-hmm. when. You know, when you're when you're, I was on my own because my parents were going through a, a separation. Yeah. I mean, I, at one tough. point, I got disenrolled sure. because my parents didn't pay my bill. 
<laughs> and I'm like, they're like, you're not in this class anymore. And I, then I called the bursar and they're like, your parent, you didn't, you didn't pay your tuition. I'm like, yeah. so I called home and my dad's yeah. like, oh, it, it's sitting here on the table. I'm like, well, can somebody pay it? Because I got, I'm like not even a student anymore. Yeah. So, um, so that was, you know, that was my freshman, <laughs> my second semester, my freshman year. That was very difficult. Yeah. Um, so I was on my own and, uh, and and like nobody ever helped me do any school. Like my like my parents weren't educated. Yeah. My my dad was yeah. very intelligent, but never you know. So like just trying to find my yeah. way. Yeah, was, sure. Um, was well, as, as my neighbor and we're Facebook friends. Um, I I can understand that. Yeah. How you were always driven and driven to do it yourself if you had to. And that was never a roadblock. If yeah, and I mean, you consider like, should I just do research? Yeah. I see that with my my daughter right now. She's like, oh, yeah. because the the application process for med school is yeah. is such a difficult process. Like the, the amount of steps you have to do to take the yeah. MCATs, you have to do well in the MCATs. You know, you need to you're competing against all these kids who are paying for courses yeah. to take the MCATs. Yes, and uh, and then you have to like you go through these applications where you fill out all these essays and you have to go on interviews oh, and it's just man. it's very trying and you're just like it's like every step of the way you feel like geez, is it Jeez, worth for it? Crying is it out worth loud, it? let's just get to college and get started. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, my oldest granddaughter is getting ready now to go. So, uh, but this isn't about me. Um, okay. Your current situation, your current family, um, you know, where where you work and the kids and uh, your husband, who I really enjoy talking to, uh, the current situation. So Jim and I met at my uh, best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. Um, I was in the wedding and he was a photographer. His, uh, his weekend job while he was in college and helping to mm-hmm. pay for his college education was photography studio because mm-hmm. one of the wrestlers that he was teammates with mm-hmm. dad owns mm-hmm. carriage studios in yardley mm-hmm. so um i you know i thought he, I, I was supposed to have a date and my date was like he uh you know did it's very un, just not a dependable person didn't work out. yeah so which worked <laughs> out in another way so um mm-hmm. i couldn't stop thinking of him um, mm-hmm. after the wedding How was over you? i was my it was my um, I was yeah. a I was a junior going into my senior year of medical school. Okay. So mm-hmm. I was I guess twelve, twenty, twenty two, twenty three, twenty three. I was twenty three. And so my sister was at the wedding too because it's my best friend and we had been friends since before we were in kindergarten. So my mm-hmm. whole family went to this wedding mm-hmm. and I called my sister and I said I can't stop thinking of that guy, the photographer. And she's like, well, Why don't you call the studio? So I called the studio and I said, Is, is Jim there? I knew his first name, and they're like. Which one? And I'm like, um, I have no idea. So she's like, well, um, old Jim or young Jim? I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, maybe young Jim. So I asked him out to dinner, and um, and then here Good we are. So so I, we got married. My um, the, my senior, I was pregnant. My senior year, uh, so mm-hmm. I got married. My junior year, going into the senior year, mm-hmm. and I got pregnant. Mm-hmm. The, I was like pregnant at graduation, mm-hmm. and that was not 100 percent planned, but it was, you know. We were married. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I went into my residency pregnant. I was the first female of, in mm. years in the residency program. And I was the first one to ever be pregnant. Get so it was like out. this whole yeah. thing. They had to figure out like how to do it. So oh, it was interesting. Good. And Trailblazer. how many kids? Five children. Five children later. Okay. So. Um, we, we, I know you and I could go on forever now. I know they have lots of neat interests and one of them is uh, wants to follow in her mom's footsteps. 
Cheska. Cheska, yep. is that what Francesca you call her? Francesca, we call her Cheska. Yeah. Yep, she graduated okay. from Penn State also. Yeah. Science. And, and she's uh, fired up to do it. She's in the process of applying for med school. Yeah. Things are really different right now. Yeah, um, a lot yeah. Of, a lot of different things okay. going on. Uh, there's like a, it's like two equivalent classes applying for medical school mm-hmm. this year mm-hmm. because people didn't apply during the shutdowns. They didn't want to. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to do gross anatomy virtually. You can't. You just can't do it. You're not going to learn it. Um. So there was now now there's twice as many people applying to med school this year. So it's very competitive. Mm-hmm. So we'll okay, she's having oh, a great. tough time. And I hear your son on his drums down there. Is that Te- Teo? Mateo. Yeah. Mateo. Okay. Um, as your neighbor, I was always fascinated that you use uh, the hyphenated name like all the us old people never did. But and Sarah and uh, the Italian uh, names of all the kids, mm-hmm. and that's cool. Um, and I and I uh, I see a lot of the things on Facebook with the the meals and the, oh I want to run across the driveway and so forth. But anyway, so um, if, if when you sit down with your kids and you get a little bit serious and you have to tell them, although they probably know from living with you, um, what's your philosophy now at your age? And you can or cannot tell me. Uh, on uh, living a good life I have and to say, a satisfying life. I, I've learned a lot in both my career and just as much having children. Yeah. And the children have taught me to, you know, it is what it is. You know, it's like you can't get upset and you, you can't make mountains out of molehills. And I notice mm-hmm. a lot of women in my field that don't have children mm-hmm. tend to get like upset and uptight over the littlest mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, to me, they're little <laughs> things. But to me, and I feel like my philosophy is that everything's for a reason. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's not obvious what that reason is, but mm-hmm. it does become obvious with mm-hmm. time. And, and there's always an outcome that is the best outcome. Mm-hmm. And, um, to, and you, you, know, you try to find the good in everything mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and faith over fear. Um, just, I mean, especially like what's currently going on, mm-hmm. just mm-hmm. have to uh, have faith that... Mm-hmm whatever this is is meant to be and there's there's mm-hmm. got to be a reason for it with that kind of a philosophy uh, are you in the minority of your peers or do you find um, I'm a accounting guy percentages guy what percent of friends and people you work with and all that I kind think, of kind of think like that well, I'm just I curious surround myself with people who are like-minded uh, yeah yeah um there are people in mm-hmm. my group that i do come across that are like terrified of everything that's going on and mm-hmm. um and mm-hmm. i just like have to kind of have to calm them down and just kind of like you know <laughs> so um it's it's interesting but yeah but there are a lot of most people i'm around this my dad he's a little boy uh most of the people that I'm around, yeah, um, just are so they're so tired of this. They're so over it. They just want to live, yeah. live life and oh, sure. uh, live life as best you can. Yeah, and that's how my mom, like my my mom, you know, she's obviously her age. She's at risk. She's seventy eight. Yep, but she yep, yep, just yeah. life's not worth living if you're going to be shut in your house. And she's not, a dying that's not living. too. I yeah, mean, she's in and out here and doing stuff yeah, with you guys all the time. I could have done what I did without my yeah. family. Like yeah, my sister helping, my mother helping me. Yeah. That's good to hear. And that's one of the reasons why I want to stay home. I knew I wanted to have a family. Yes. And that's why I want to stay local to, yeah. to my family because 
I couldn't have done it without the support yeah. of my sister and my mom. Yeah. Anything else you want to add? Um, not really. I mean... Well, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back with uh, another person uh, in a week or two. Uh, if I can talk them into it, like I told my wife, Gail, she said this is an unusual hobby. And unless you know these people real well, uh, you may get punched in the face. <laughs> so, <laughs> but I enjoy it and uh, I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. So I had a patient, like, <laughs> yeah, tell ahead. a patient they need, I mean, I do breast imaging. So yes. I deal with a lot of breast cancer. Yeah. Abnormal ma- masses in the breast. Masses, And, yeah, you know, we yeah. always t- talk to the patients when they need a biopsy. We always talk to them. And I told her, I said, listen, you have a finding in your breast, it needs to yeah. be biopsy. Well, I saw her at a breast cancer survivor luncheon that we would, we would um, have every year. Yeah. And we invite all the people who have been through the program. And she talked to me. She, t- she, t- she took me aside. She goes, you know, she goes, I just want to apologize. She goes, when you told me that I needed a biopsy, yeah. I almost punched you in the face. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I'm glad you did. And uh, she goes, I just want to thank you for finding my cancer. But oh, at nice. first, a lot of people are angry yeah. and they kind of like want someone to blame. And, um, yeah. you know, even though you found their cancer and probably saved their life. Absolutely. It's, they're not, it's not apparent at that time. Yeah. The emotions don't allow. You yeah. Know, they're thinking of like, I, I, I can't deal, deal with this right now. I can't deal with this right now. Yeah. You know, I have a sick husband. I have this, I have that. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of complicated lives out there. Okay, we're ending. Thanks to all my pod fans and Tom the Engineer. Be sure to give me a thumbs up and tune in next week for another interesting people interview.